0: Hey, everyone. Welcome back to a brand new episode of Mikeadelic. I am Adelic. I am Mr. Adelic to you. That is, uh, it is me, of course, Mike Brancatelli, your host of this show. And if you're new, thanks for joining us. Thanks for checking us out. Thanks for giving us a listen. This is a show where we talk a lot about big ideas from a psychedelic perspective, a psychedelic mindedness, always with a focus on cognitive liberty, the the right to choose to do with your consciousness whatever thou wish. Uh, Because, of course, you own yourself, you own your body, you own your mind, you own your soul, you own your spirit, and you should be able to alter that or affect that in whichever way you choose without causing any harm to anybody else, of course, because none of us would do that. We're peaceful, loving people, man. And we just want to party and chill and have a good time here on planet Earth, while it lasts, while it's still green in some parts, while it's still clean in some parts. Because truly, there is beauty to be found everywhere if you just pay attention. I know that sounds a little cliche, but I'm running out of uh, <laughs> I'm running out of uh, non cliche things to say. I think there's a reason why things become cliche sometimes. It's just because there's truth to it. So. Trying to put my own spin on here. But anyway, I'm really super excited about this uh, episode because I um, got to talk with uh, one of the dudes who I think is doing um, doing great things for the for the world of, adv- you know, for advancing uh, psychedelic discourse and dialogue and for introducing these ideas, these kind of weird eclectic ideas that we talk about on this show, you know, introducing them to a wider audience. It's uh, none other than Shane Moss, at Shane Comedy on Twitter shanemoss.com, and he hosts the Here We Are podcast. Here We Are podcast where he interviews scientists about the meaning of life and um, and much more, of course, because uh, he recently just uh, completed a 100-city comedy tour about psychedelics um, called The Good Trip Tour. And yeah, he's just a really super interesting dude. You know, a lot of times in these podcasts, I feel super, 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 super great, great, grateful to get an opportunity to talk to the guests that I get for this show. Um, usually, the show goes for about an hour, sometimes a little bit more. Um, I always find it to be super fascinating to to go to dive dive deep. You know, to get even get deeper, and I think that Shane is one of these guys. I'm not going to do a big. Super big intro. I'm just going to talk about a couple things, and then we'll get to the podcast. But you'll see, it's a great podcast. He's a very interesting guy, and he has a great perspective on a lot of things. Funny dude, and um, and insightful, and wise, and and you know, um, I think that uh, this is the kind of person that I think if you you know sat down with for three, four hours, five hours, and just really you know got rolling, that you could uh, you know dig deep into some into some pretty phenomenal. Uh, areas and topics and subject matters. But anyway, he talks about a lot of that stuff on his show, Here We Are, his Here We Are podcast, which is phenomenal. So go check that out. And uh, I think we did a pretty good job of talking about that today on this show. And um, yeah, I a couple announcements uh, before before we get into the show. One is that I think I'm going to take a break from it, from releasing podcast episodes with interviews or guests on them. I think I'm going to do a few episodes after this episode there's going to be maybe four episodes where I'm going to tackle some kind of big subject matters um some most of them personal issues but you know how my style is if you listen to this show I kind of intertwine it uh with the micro and the macro the interpersonal and the personal and the you know individual and the collective all going to be tied together um so I'm going to do a another kind of like storytelling arc Series and uh, I'm just going to talk about some things. So some stuff will include um, personal stories uh, of my life. You know, a lot of this and Shane gets into this in this podcast as well. You know, a lot of this kind of psych- psychedelic use that we do that we partake in, and a lot of the things that I like to do and partake in is that you know I don't know uh, I I don't know what's going on uh, and I'm trying to investigate it. I'm trying to investigate who I am, what I am. How I can make better contributions to society? How I can help myself better? How I can help the people that I care about, the people that I love, and you know, obviously, all the wonderful people that are listening out there. But you know, it, it's how can I really kind of do all these things? You know, just explore life and 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 try and just get as much out of it as I possibly can, and try and turn as much of the of of turn as much bad into good inside myself and outside in the world as well, and you know, I think that's a noble effort. And I think that's the effort that I want to pursue and that I have been pursuing to some degree. And sometimes we're a little, you know, I've released some episodes in the past where I've kind of opened up and I've been a little bit more vulnerable. And I think that that's, that's worked. And I think it's, it's felt good. It's, it's, it's always risky. It's always a big risk to, to do that, to tell stories about yourself that are extremely personal, maybe even things that you haven't told anyone before but it's my belief that we're you know we're all the same we're all going through very similar things and you know we can all relate in some way or another and um you know uh so i i'm going to take a little bit of a short maybe week or two off and just kind of investigate more i'm going to still release some podcast episodes uh so you know i'm getting confused i guess when this one's going to come out and everything but basically what's going to happen is uh, I'm just going to take a little bit of time off. I'm going to do a little bit more kind of personal ex- exploration and growth and obviously, you know, trip and have some different experiences and stuff. I made a little to-do list and, uh, of some things I want to do, some places I want to go and, and, and things like that. So going to do a little bit of that. And then I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to do a four part episode story series, exploring kind of what I've learned and the, and the adventures that I've been on. And, and telling a little bit of stories from my life, uh, from, from, you know, growing up, uh, to now and kind of intertwining with everything. So that's, what's going down. I hope it's going to be fun. I hope it's going to be good. Uh, I always try to, to do that for you guys and, um, make it entertaining and exciting and, uh, and novel and new. And I always like to hear your suggestions and your feedback. So feel free to message me anytime. Oh, a couple of announcements. So, or not announcements, but like, I kind of want, I, I'm trying to update my website, uh, to make it look good. And I want to, I want to get some better kind of, I don't, I'm not, not, I'm not particularly keen with, uh, onto graphic design kind of stuff. I mean, I do little simple things here and there, but I'd like to learn a little bit more. I don't know if anybody listening maybe, um, has experience with that, but wants to maybe help out, design some cover art kind of stuff for the episodes or you know maybe help with the website a little bit or something and you know we can talk about compensation or whatever but uh basically just want a little bit of help with that stuff i want to you know i have these visions of how i want things to be and and you know I have a very creative mind unfortunately it's only me doing this stuff here myself so uh it's hard to kind of like learn all these things that i have to learn and then and then do them um you know i'm trying uh moving along so any uh, assistance or advice or you know if anyone can maybe help out or has any suggestions that would be awesome cuz uh I got some really cool things I'm thinking about implementing and trying and, and creating and I would love to get some uh get some uh help on that. So that's one. And then the other thing is uh if obviously, you know I say it almost every show, but uh you you guys are uh you guys are all I have, you know. You guys are you guys are the bread and butter, you know. You guys make this thing go. So uh, if you can, if it's not too much trouble, if you can whip out your phone, just go to iTunes, click five star review in the rating and review section. You don't even have to write anything. I mean, if you want to write something that's nice, I always love reading those uh, ratings and reviews. I'm about to read one in a, in a little bit because people take the time out of their days to to say really just uh, really nice things about me, and that's uh, of course um, you know I I love to love to hear that, and it keep, makes the show better, gives me confidence, helps me move forward and produce uh, A plus type material. So, uh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And if you want to go a bit further, you can, uh, you can go to Patreon and just throw as little as a dollar a day to, uh, to Patreon there. So you just go to patreon.com slash Mike Brank, M I K E B R A N C. And, uh, yeah, I got a bunch of rewards on there. I want to start really developing a core group of, dedicated listeners on Patreon who are contributing, you know, as little as a dollar a month is really all that, uh, that you have to start off doing. If you want to go further, you can go further and that would be awesome. But, um, but yeah, I want to start to really kind of use that group, that Patreon group to kind of experiment and preview things and include more of the Patreon, the patrons into the discussion, into the podcast. I want to do a fan group podcast and just experiment with some stuff, some ideas and and do some things. So um yeah, that Patreon thing is 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 starting to um starting to 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 be very, very good. You know, it's a it's a good community. It's good people who are invested. And in, you know, shout out to everybody who's contributed. You guys are awesome. Really appreciate it. And um really looking forward to putting in a little bit more effort on the marketing front to get this show out there. You know the The ideas and the things that we talk about on this show, if you feel as strongly as I do about them and you feel as passionate as I do about them, you know it's like well how do we how do we make how do we make more people aware? How do we make more people uh you know tune in and and basically you know doing that is just kind of making making- sure, making sure the show's better, making sure that there's a lot of uh ratings and reviews so people see it and they you know it moves up in the charts and it has just more exposure and then, you know, obviously having some money to put into some marketing efforts, you know, to try and target maybe some people on Facebook who have interest in psychedelics and liberty and stuff like that. So there's some some big things that we can do and we can really take this message and carry it on, spread it and grow this thing and and uh, and you guys are a part of that. So I thank you for, for being a part of this, uh, this journey and yeah, we got a great episode today and I'm just going to read this, uh, a few reviews here from some people that left some reviews um, recently. And, um, and yeah, and these, these, uh, these reviews are awesome. So I I love them very much. Uh, we have, uh, K Bushel three, two, three, uh, three, two, four, sorry, left a uh, review saying, watch this. It's important exclamation point. I'm so glad that I found Mike's podcast. I think it's very encouraging to see people not only confront but also start a conversation around these very important yet often taboo topics and issues with such honesty and confidence. Please keep creating more content, Mike. Thank you. Thank you very much, K. Bushel324. Always a trip, Jeff Rule 8. Love listening to Mike's thoughts on everything from politics to drug culture. So shout out to you guys. You guys, Rule, you guys are awesome. Um, Thank you so much for those kind words and leaving those reviews. And yeah, this is uh this is an interesting medium that we're in here. This is an interesting venture. It's uh you know, sailing out into the the uncharted. And I just want to read a little something that I wrote recently. And um you know, I I I said uh I called it, I guess I titled it Seeking. Um because I think that everybody in our lives, we're all seeking something. We're all wanting to to have something, whatever it is, whether it's just to throw on our favorite television show after a hard day's work or you know if we want to improve ourselves run an extra mile or if we you know whatever everybody has something that they want to get to a place that they want to be some somewhere something search for some answer some way something to something to change something to improve something to be better so we're all seekers in that sense and uh, I just wrote you know in the search for something more in your life you may come to opportunities to take a leap that leap may be very risky and strange and uncomfortable but it is in that strangeness and that risk and that uncomfortableness that leads to a whole new way of seeing things with new possibilities emerging that you never would have conceived of before because you were stuck in the limitations of a certain way of thought once those limitations have been shattered open and you're able to see things from a radically new perspective a new vantage point or a new a new perspective rather with new information and new confidence, many people refer to this as waking up, and there's many different stages of waking up in one's life. It doesn't happen all at once, or it doesn't have to happen all at once, but there's many different periods of waking up, and it all starts with taking those little leaps, one after the other, having the faith to take a leap, to trust your gut and have the, you know, the, 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 the confidence to trust yourself. But waking up doesn't mean that everything's going to be peaceful and rosy and sunny and harmonious all the time. That's not really what true waking up is. True waking up means that you know that you now have the ability to choose to believe in a world where you know that achieving peace, harmony, and ease is possible. When you choose not to hide or run, but rather open your eyes and walk towards it into whatever that thing is that's nudging you, that's saying move forward. In the face of resistance, that is the way. That vision carves the path and creates a light where there would only be murky and foggy, dimly lit streets before. The more choices you make to choose to walk down those streets, the more power you gain. The power to shape your life the way that you want it to be or near close to as much as you want it to be. This isn't some wide eyed fantasy of the secret of imagining something and having it pop into being. No. It's about literally imagining something, conceiving of it in your mind, having the vision of it, picturing it, playing it out, running a simulation of what that thing is, what it would feel like, the visualization of it, and then doing the hard work and the oftentimes drudgery of putting that act of motion into being to work, to to work towards achieving that goal of that vision of what you want. That's the that's the tricky part because that's that's it's like we're magicians and wizards but we actually have to use the 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 realm of the real world to take the visions that we have in our head to manifest them into reality it takes time it takes dedication it takes focus but the beauty of the world it opens up to you the more power you create in your life the more control you take over yourself the more power you give And the more power that you give, the more power that that comes your way as well. The power to create your life more like the way that you want it. So, you know, when you do this and you continue to do it, that's when the beauty of life opens up to you. It's always been there, you know, it's always been there. But now you're just ready to see it and you and you understand it now. And whenever you get a glimpse of that unlimited potential, you realize that everybody has this power, everybody has this capability to see things and shape the reality in the way that decreases suffering as much as possible in their lives and the lives of people around them while propelling yourself forward with a content and fulfilled life worth living not everybody is is ready or willing but everyone is capable and that is what makes the possibility of the impossible possible All right, guys. Thanks a lot to listening to this intro. You know what to do if you love the show. Like it, share it, subscribe, tell a friend, tell a coworker, neighbor, cat, dog, ant, slug, caterpillar, whatever. Uh, Go on Facebook and and share it, spread it, tweet it, um, and uh, leave ratings and reviews and check out Patreon. All right. Thank you so much. Uh, Without further ado, here is a host of the Here We Are podcast comedian, Shane Moss.
1: Psychedelics are illegal not because
0: a loving government is concerned that you may jump out of a third-story window. Psychedelics are
1: illegal because they dissolve opinion structures and culturally lay down models of behavior and intervention process They open to us the possibility that everything we know is wrong. We don't need new laws that
2: control our consciousness and rigidly place it in a prison.
0: Cognitive liberty. The fact that as adults, if we're not hurting anybody else, we should have the right to explore the contours of our own consciousness without any mediation or legislation on the part of somebody else. Reject authority. Authority
1: Authority is a lie. Or is perception? Information is power. But we have to seize Seize The the opportunity. The opportunity. The opportunity. on the day if I have to wake up for something I basically just sleep as long as I possibly can um, and then I, I had to wake up pretty early today my girlfriend had some car problems that so we had to go around getting fixed but uh, yeah meditation works well for me but I usually I usually get into like a little bit of work or a little bit of reading first and then meditate after my brains awake a little bit It just takes me a little while for my brain to wake up and I I don't uh, use a little coffee sometimes. I'm trying to cut back on my coffee intake a little bit though, but whatever.
0: Yeah, I felt the same way. What is it about coffee that that makes us want to cut back on it? It seems so good when you're using it, but then you can get to that like jittery, over addicted, I need my coffee, I'm angry at everybody state for some reason.
1: Yeah, I mean. Everything, everything has its uh, moderation, is key, I guess, as they say. I mean, for me, coffee just kind of stops working well when I'm doing a fair amount of it. Um, yeah. If I'm just using it for kind of emergency situations, it works really well, but if I'm drinking five, ten cups a day or whatever, which I sometimes am, um, it just kind of it seems like it starts making me more tired than anything.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, I hear you. That is, it is weird how that works. I used to use it the same. I mean, um, yeah. So I started. I started off. I shot. I shot you an email. I was listening to you and Duncan have a chat, and I was like, man, I really like what these guys are talking about right now. And you know, I I've been watching what you've been doing for a little while, and I'm really I'm really thrilled and impressed and just excited that there's a dude out there doing what you're doing. So congratulations to you. And I know you just completed the tour. Um, that you did. What was it like a hundred and twenty cities or something something crazy like that, right?
1: It was a hundred and eleven stops um, which I think I doubled back to a couple cities So I probably did about a hundred and five different cities because some of them were repeats Yeah H-
0: 111 that's a nice number one one one. That's got to be some kind of satanic thing or something, right? I don't know
1: <laughs> uh, Yeah, i pretty much only do satanic rituals as often. <laughs> and just you never know just in case yeah just hedge your bets play safe
0: yeah so yeah so a little bit about me i mean this is this is psychedelic. this is my podcast where i talk about psychedelics and myself that's hence the, the two names kind of working out like that and uh i uh i originally i started doing comedy a couple of years ago in new york and uh started off you know hitting the clubs doing the club scene new york city you know big apple big time and uh it was good, you know. I had I had some success. I made some good friends. Probably some people that you know, you know, I've hung out with uh, uh, some some you know comedians that are doing some things in, in New York, and uh, you know, it was, it was good. But then I started getting into this psychedelic business, and it kind of kind of changed my life. Made me kind of switch gears a little bit and, and change things around. And now I'm looking. Uh, I look at and see what you're doing, and it's like. It's it's pretty impressive to watch that you've ma- you've managed to kind of negotiate those two worlds together and find the audiences that that really are uh, receptive to this stuff. You know, I guess you and I both know that those audiences aren't necessarily in uh, you know Cracker's comedy funhouse in Cleveland or anything like that, but they're in other places, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, there's there's a psychedelic community kind of everywhere or, or at least there's enthusiasts everywhere even if they don't know each other that much and so uh, I mean that's one of the great things about the tour is seeing all the people come out and Meeting one another and that sort of thing and um, I mean there's there's definitely I mean I've I tried to stay away from Comedy clubs in general on the tour. I, I would still do clubs I, if I did a club, it was usually on a day that they wouldn't normally have shows, like on a Tuesday or something like that. And that way, no one was there by accident. You know, it was all, it was all kind of uh, all all people that are either either know me or are interested in psychedelics. There, I wouldn't want to drop the show on an unsuspecting group of people just because um, most people just simply wouldn't be interested or wouldn't connect with it or would think I'm crazy or whatever. I mean, if, I mean, if if I walked into a comedy club and some comic was doing an hour and a half of an hour and a half one man show about football, I would, I'd be like, well, I wish I would have known that because that's great for people that are fans of football, but I don't want to hear about football for an hour and a half. And so I kind of try to make sure that, um, you know, I advertise it well enough so that people really know what they're getting into.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. And you have that following now, um, of people that are, that are coming out to see you and stuff. And that's really cool. So how did, how did that evolve? Like what, what, when did that switch kind of take place where you were like, you know what, I'm really going to go for this and develop a whole kind of routine, you know, focused on psychedelics and science. And, you know, obviously the things that you talk about in your podcasts, uh, here, here we are. um, uh, which is a great podcast where you interview a lot of scientists and talk about the meaning of life. So, so how did that kind of, uh, evolve? Like, you know, you're doing comedy and you're kind of, uh, incorporating these things in and slowly build, or did you just try and make a, like a hard switch?
1: No, it all happened pretty naturally. I've been doing themed shows for years now. And, um, this, this one about psychedelics, um, I'd just been kind of sitting on for a while, and I had been talking about psychedelics more as a guest on podcasts' it's just a thing that kind of happened naturally, going through different phases of um you know kind of when I discovered d m t it kind of um, yeah when was when
0: was that exactly
1: oh don't know four four years ago or so is when I really started um doing a fair amount of d m t and that kind of rejuvenated my Uh, enthusiasm for psychedelics not that not that I didn't have it had never really gone away but um, DMT got me very excited about things and um, so yeah so I talked about on podcasts some and then you know next thing I knew I was kind of becoming a little bit known for um, this guy that talks about DMT and psychedelics and science and so Um, I tried out this kind of, uh, this show that I'd been kind of sitting on and have been brewing for some time and, um, people liked it right away. It, It took me a long time to kind of figure out the marketing and figure out how to target the psychedelic enthusiasts out there. But, um, it ended up working really well. And so, um, yeah, I mean, the, after I started filling rooms with it, which took like I said about six months before it wasn't just like it was really hit or miss in the beginning but then once I started consistently getting audiences in then I put together the tour once I put together the tour I was able to put together kind of a run of podcasts to promote it and so on and so forth and so I I, uh, and then that led to getting adding more dates on the tour and then adding more podcasts for promotion getting a PR person and all all just kind of snowballed, but, um, yeah, I didn't, I didn't really sit down and put together much of a plan, to be honest. It, it all, it all happened pretty naturally. Yeah.
0: Cool. That is, it, it, I feel that that does kind of happen, uh, you know, kind of when you stumble upon these interesting things that you want to open up a little bit more, it's like, all right, let's open that up, see what's in there. And then that, that can, you know, who knows where that leads. You're kind of following your, your intuition and, and hoping that it plays out well. So, so that's pretty awesome. When you when you said you discovered DMT, the way that I discovered DMT was I think it was um, I think it might have been listening to a Joe Rogan podcast is what is what the first time that I heard about it, and then I started to kind of dig into a little bit of a wormhole listening to like a lot of Terence McKenna online and stuff, and just being like, well, well, shit, the way that everybody's talking about this, it must be like the, you know, the most epic thing ever. So I have to check this out, you know. And there's there's kind of only one way to find out, right? Was that something was that like a similar kind of thing for you or how did how did that happen for you
1: um someone told me about it um, said it was uh something that I could try, and I watched d m t the spirit molecule kind of had mixed feelings about trying it, but it seemed interesting enough that I knew I wasn't going my whole life without trying it so um so yeah it was it was at the time, it kind of was a um just happened to be offered to me, and uh, I'm an adventurous person and Then, after the first time I did it, I was like, "Whoa, that is <laughs> uh, that is uh something very different than anything else that I've done Do you still
0: feel that way when you do it, or is i mean is it
1: yeah I and mean, it's still um I mean, I just did it again for the first time in like nine months recently because it took me that. I mean, every time I do it, it seems like it gets more intense now. So I can't even do it as much as I once did. Um, although I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to get back into it and do it a little more often. I just want to check off a few things off my my uh, kind of to do list over the summer first before I. It's a what. Well, when you smoke DMT it's really hard to stop thinking about DMT. Mm-hmm. Um and uh it really kind of consumes a lot of mental real estate for a while, for me anyway. Um just kind of it's 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 a lot more fascinating than paying bills and <laughs> and updating your calendar and things like that. Oh, so I don't know,
0: uh, man. I update my calendar pretty pretty
1: psychedelically. <laughs> 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 yeah so so you know there there has to be like a little bit of a balance there but but uh yeah dmt is, is still one of the most fascinating things i've ever done and and i'm i'm putting together oh. more shows more specifically about dmt in the future and so i'm, I'm kind of looking forward to that because i'll be adding some some artwork and stuff to my uh my show and so people can kind of See some of the imagery and get a little bit of better sense of things without having to do it is the idea kind of yeah. trying to go on a virtual trip
0: yeah that's a really very that's a very good idea um I almost just said a really very good idea like I'm Trump or something, a really very good idea <laughs> um, Sad. I know yeah what is it? he's in see this is the problem he's invading my kind. Con- you got to shut down the news as much as possible, try and not let that. Uh, poor poor vocabulary seep into your brain and take over. <laughs> I know, it's hard. But uh, that that's a really good idea, is what I was going to say, because that kind of gives people a chance to have somewhat of a similar experience to what a trip would be like without actually having to do what is somewhat the brave and scary part of actually taking it. And then maybe they would feel comfortable doing it after having experienced something like you were talking about putting together that's that's a pretty cool thing
1: yeah we'll see it's coming along I'm pretty excited about it I was going to try the first shows of it um in August but I might not have enough time to plan at this point um and because I'm coordinating with different artists and stuff like that and Figuring out all sorts of uh, interesting ways to go about doing this. So, do you know? Are, have, do you know, and or have you spoken with uh, an artist named Android Jones? Uh, um, I know of him. I haven't spoken with him, but we, I believe, we know of each other. And um, I, I think, uh, I, I don't know. I think like the director of my documentary or something like that got a got a hold of him yeah and was was uh yeah interested in some of his stuff yeah he's doing some he's there's there's a few people out there doing some pretty incredible stuff Mm -hmm. and uh yeah he's one of them yeah you gotta you gotta like find
0: these people there's a whole kind of uh i guess subculture of people it's somewhat um you know you just have to navigate i guess and kind of find them it's it's i wish it was kind of more broadcast out so it was a little bit easier but uh, that's the way it is um yeah, that's that's really interesting. I mean, the bringing that bringing that element to the show uh could be really helpful. It was funny I was watching a couple of your clips um on your website of the stand up that you're doing is hilarious by the way and one of the points you're making is like yeah, look, like, you know, <laughs> this isn't like addicting stuff, you know, that the, you're not going to you're not going to get addicted to this. It is kind of a funny thing. I think a lot of people had I guess a question here would be, do you notice a lot of people have are those like the common questions they must be that you get asked? And the other observation is like, you know, I mean, th- these things are kind of like difficult to to do. Like there's no, you know, I've I've done ayahuasca several times It is not something that you are like Addicted to it's uh, quite the opposite. Uh, I think it's pretty funny because of all the kind of indoctrination and the de- and the stigmatization that the drugs have had over the last thirty years. You know, I think you know my parents still think that smoking marijuana is the devil's weed. You know, it's uh, a <laughs> so it's hard to kind of chip through that. How do you how do you kind of do you, do you find yourself like having to do that? Being somebody that like do you feel like uh, you're someone that has to kind of like ease people into what this is and kind of get warm them up to the idea of this being like a kind of like a rational thing?
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to bring everyone together a little bit, hopefully. I'm, I mean, I'm trying to be as inclusive as possible. You'd need to be a little careful with that, too, because when you try to make things overly accessible, they, they can be watered down and dumbed down too much. Um, but, you know, I, I try to give people credit I, i'd say probably my favorite types of uh, my favorite kind of reaction to my show is is the people it's usually like someone's significant other or um you know a a enthusiast like sibling or or coworker, or parent or something like that that they've been trying to kind of explain this stuff to but didn't quite know how and that person comes to my show having never done a psychedelic but just kind of wants to know a little bit more and then um feels a, a little more open-minded about things after that that's kind of the the people that i'm trying to reach the most at this point and and you know there there's just some people that are just never going to you know there's a lot of nervous moms out there that are just they just simply can't hear anything and uh you know they're just so conditioned and so scared and oh my god the drugs the drugs what if the kids do the drugs and have no idea that there's different ones out there and meanwhile they're gobbling any kind of like diet fad and whatever else that is addictive and or in a placebo at best. And, uh, so, I mean, there's definitely people that are going to be kind of impossible to get through, through to for now, but there's also in the psychedelic community, there's kind of some of the, some of the enthusiasts out there are kind of a little on the arrogant side and are kind of a little bit like, Oh, fuck them. They don't understand. You know, they'll, they'll never understand. They don't get it. And I think a lot more people get it and a lot more people are more interested and intelligent enough to kind of get some of these ideas than people sometimes get them credit for. I mean, it's, it's uh, you know, it's just hard for everyone to understand one another. Sometimes it's people look at, um, you know, some of these psychedelic enthusiasts and they see them as like a bunch of a bunch of weirdos that. Don't have real jobs and blah blah blah, and they just they just don't understand them. And meanwhile, there's psychedelic enthusiasts that that think that all these other people are a bunch of corporate slaves that are working for the man and just don't understand things, and and they just don't understand them. And and all all these things are just kind of different aspects of ourselves that we all have to have. All of us want to have some time. For relaxing and being creative and following our passions. And then we also need to put food on the table and have, we have these responsibilities and these are all just different aspects of ourselves that some of us navigate better than others and different aspects of us that we don't like or like to ignore or address. And, and so uh, uh, a lot of these out groups are usually just like aspects of ourselves that we don't like. And we just, it's it's just that we don't understand one another because we don't understand ourselves very well.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, that's that's wow, very well said, uh Shane, very well said. That's yeah, it's like um there's so much noise. There's so much extra noise in today's world too with the internet and um, you know, Twitter and and everything like that and even Instagram, you know. It's you could be scrolling through and you, you're following people that their accounts are like you know, spiritual DMT master or whatever their names are. I don't know, like, uh, you know, shaman, digital shaman man or something. And they'll have posts like, uh, you know, like fuck these sheeple, like they're all blind. They can't see. And it's like, yeah, yelling at them is going to, is going to make them understand, like make them come around. So yeah, the understanding is, is so key. Uh, I think what you just said is pretty, uh, pretty profound actually. Um, what, um, so you did you went to a 111 different spots or or I guess some overlapping whatever about a, about 100 or so different places around the country. Was there any place that like really kind of surprised you that made you understand something that you thought you understood like a, about a particular kind of place or kind of people or something like that?
1: Well, I mean there's definitely a trend where it, it's not that I I mean I had some misses here and there and some of them were even surprising, where you know, an area like Sedona or something like that that didn't go as well as I'd hoped, um, but then there'd be some hyper conservative area that that went really well. And, uh, one of the one of the big trends was a lot of times in in these kind of conservative, um, areas is where there'd be, um, the, the most enthusiastic people because those people, the psychedelic enthusiasts that were there, the people that were into, you know, arts and more creative things were kind of surrounded by, you know, what is ultimately sort of a close-minded uh, group of so- uh, people and culture and society and very kind of bland and stale. I mean, this is just, like liberal and conservative is is really kind of a rather silly term it's just it's just kind of about how interested you are in new experiences and and how as opposed to being into kind of sticking with what you know and traditions and routines is is really all all that it boils down to, um, and then we we instead give it these stupid political labels so that we can act like it's this very important thing, um, and and or like the other the the other party's brainwashed or something like that. Whereas there's just a lot of natural genetic inclinations toward um, toward being adventurous and toward being careful and a lot of environmental influences as well but um but if you're if you're in an area where like everyone is very very cautious and and you're someone who is a little more toward the adventurous side then those areas can feel like a prison for you at least that's how i felt growing up in an area like that in a small town kind of conservative area in um, and, Wisconsin yeah yeah And, um, and so, so, you know, when I'd come through those areas, sometimes those people, even if it was a smaller number of people, those people would really, really be um, that much more enthusiastic and that, that much more grateful. And those were, those are some of the more fun stops that I had
0: cool, man. That's awesome. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like, you know, finding your, your tribe and kind of like connecting with them. I mean, I definitely felt like that growing up too. I mean, I, you know, come from a kind of, you know, suburban town built in the, built out of the dream of the 1950s, you know, kind of like pick white picket fences, Americana, and then trying to, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. You brought up the conservative liberal dynamic and, um, I know that you're interested in in personality and the you mentioned the genetic uh, th- factors and everything else. I recently spent like the last like week taking all these big five personality tests online Mm -hmm. and stuff and just getting real getting real into it because I'm pretty I'm pretty interested in the in the in the ideas of kind of what shapes our views and why why is it that certain people you know the know for certain that these people are the devil and that you know these people are evil they got it the wrong way man they're just not thinking right these people are backwards you know we got to go over there and we gotta show these savages how to live, you know, these this kind of mentality, like where does that come from from people? So I'm very interested in that kind of stuff and how it shapes societies and cultures and what kind of people it produces, what kind of spaces we create, that sort of thing. And I think it's really important. It's really fascinating, it's mind blowing. I mean, as you know. Um And so, yeah, so I took one of these big five personality tests. I scored like in the 98th percentile or something for open. Like my openness was like way high up. But like my conscientiousness was like 9% or something like that. So I'm like, well, that's I kind of need to like raise that up a little bit. I got to get shit done, you know, man. But um,
1: I'm the same way.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're getting shit done, though. So kudos to you. I mean, yeah, but it's Uh, it's an effort,
1: right? Yeah, I mean, I I get things done because I come up with you know big creative ideas and that that works well with my career. But as far as conscientiousness goes, I'm I'm way down there. That's my that's my uh, one of my most extreme traits. I'm very very low. I'm a very messy, disorganized person. I have a hard time yeah. kind of motivating myself to do simple kind of nonsense tasks. And so, yeah, those are, I, I rate kind of the same in both of those as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Welcome to the club. Welcome to the bottom of the conscientiousness barrel, but Hey, to the top of the openness. So that's, that's cool. But yeah, I, I, I went through some of this trouble and when I was hit, hit, you know, doing comedy every night, I was going out and just, um, you know, I remember I was like sitting, I think Robin Williams had just died and I was like kind of shocked. I mean, I wasn't like the biggest but it's, you know, it's Robin Williams. The guy was always happy and excited. And it kind of like made me think, I was like, why would that guy, not? like I thought he was like the happiest person ever. And I was going through some depression myself and I was sitting there and this other comedian was like, well, you know, the only time we really feel good is when we're on stage. I mean, that's kind of why we we do this. And I was like, well, shit, man. Like I, I'm trying to like make myself feel good all the time. And, you know, I kind of noticed for whatever my personality traits are, that, that I get, there's a lot of comedians that I would be friends with and hang out with. And when I first started doing comedy, I thought it was going to be like a party where all, everyone's going to be laughing. You know, it's just going to be a good time, fun all the time. Man, there's some cynical, jaded motherfuckers out there. And and I had no idea that that was a part of it. And there was a dark element to me, I, I learned. And I was like, holy shit, I'm like tapping into this depression. It kind of made me funny on stage, but it kind of tore the rest of my life apart and it was pretty hard to get through. And that's where psychedelics kind of came in and helped me out a lot, you know, just experimenting, uh, you know, with, with, with mushrooms. I mean, I, you know, I would just start eating like six grams in my, in my room and like silent darkness and just going off world for a couple hours and (laughs) learning some stuff to try and kind of sort myself out, get myself together. Cause I think, you know, mental health is extremely important. And I noticed that mine was deteriorating. So I don't know, maybe you could talk a little bit about that. I mean, what you've seen, what you've observed and, you know, um, uh, depression, mental health, uh, comedians and, and that sort of thing. If you have anything to to kind of, you know, add to that, that'd be cool.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's definitely a thing in comedy. That's for sure. Um, I, uh, I'm i someone with uh, chronic depression that that I've been managing and working on and seems like it's been... Improving quite a bit over the last few years um mushrooms work really well for me in that regard um, i i mean i for me mushrooms uh, depression's a lot about kind of not having um a clear direction
2: mm.
1: going forward and uh, comedy is one usually a bunch of misfits and people kind of needy for social attention or that are like kind of socially awkward people or whatever. And I mean, we're all, we're all missing things. It's just comedians are talking openly about it. Mm -hmm. Um, kind of embracing that and sometimes kind of wallowing in it. Um, and, uh, but there's no safety net in comedy and there's, there's a million different directions. You can go with it, which is nice. There's, there's, a lot of opportunities out there, but they're exceptionally challenging and sometimes figuring out what to put your effort into. And sometimes it can seem hopeless. And, and so mushrooms for me are something that I can, I can do enough mushrooms to kind of come up with a firm idea of, of how I want to move forward with things and kind of create a a clear picture of, of where I want to go. For me, it usually takes about two months of doing mushrooms like two, three times a week to really get the full picture together. And then I don't need mushrooms for like six months wow, because uh, I just need to kind of work on what I've figured out. And then, yeah, that that seems to be about the cycle for me. It Usually I can go six or nine months without really doing mushrooms very often at all. But, of course, now I'm um, kind of psychedelics is a big part of my act at the moment and working on a documentary and developing um, a docuseries potentially and maybe hosting a TV show about this stuff. And so it definitely has me doing more psychedelics than I normally would have a natural inclination to do. And it's been really nothing but helpful for me, I have to say. I mean, there there are times when, when I feel like psychedelics, they kind of, if you do them enough and regularly enough, especially if it's like the same kind, um, they seem to kind of not have that much effect if you're not taking the time to integrate and everything. And so then it's like, well, now what do I do? usually I do mushrooms to get me out of that funk and now mushrooms don't have that much of an effect on me. So spacing them out is important, which is really a natural thing to do. I mean, if you're doing like cocaine or something like that, the more cocaine you do, the more that you're going to want to do. Mm -hmm. If you do cocaine like three, four days in a row, now you're going to have some real trouble, um, uh, you know, with withdrawals and, and you're definitely going to be thinking about cocaine more than usual whereas psychedelics are it seems like the more psychedelics that you do the less inclined you are to do them um i mean it for me it goes back and sometimes it's like the longer that i've gone without psychedelics the more i kind of forget what it's like and therefore the more nervous i am um but Whereas, if I just did mushrooms last week, I'm like, oh, yeah, I can do mushrooms, not a big deal. But then, if, if, say, I'm doing them like three or four times in a week, then they'll just not really have much of an effect. And then I'm like, eh, that didn't really do much of anything. I'll just wait a couple weeks. There's, there's certainly no, there's no like real craving or withdrawal or anything like that um, from psychedelics, at least as far as I can tell. And, or, or as far as any researcher I've ever heard, um, talk about it. So
0: yeah, quite, quite, uh, the, quite the opposite. I would, I would think, I think there's a lot of studies that are showing that they actually help with addiction and things like that. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's pretty fascinating. And, um, yeah, it, it, like the way that you're talking about it, you know, I do the same thing. I mean, I, i not nearly to the, to the extent I think that you do, but in a similar fashion in the way that we're kind of using these things as tools you know and i think like um is that is that is that your typical uh method of use like is it are you doing it solo by yourself or are you with people or do you have like a typical way of doing it
1: um i haven't done many solo ones lately but i prefer solo trips the most for myself i mean not that i'm recommending that for other people but yeah, solo ones are my favorite. Um, I just haven't been doing much of that lately. I've, I've been, uh, let me think, or have I? Uh, yeah, a little of both. I've been, I've been more. I've also been. I also realized that that um I was doing them a little too much by myself in regards to. to um, I mean, one of the things that I realized that I had to work on was um, my social anxiety. And so, so I started tripping around people more often to notice just when I was getting anxious and what was causing that. And when I was feeling a little awkward and, um, uh, yeah. So, uh, I mean, it's, uh, yeah, I, honestly, the more that I think about it, I'm just like, yeah, I, I guess I do psychedelics in lots of different situations just yeah. to see it. It's like they help. I just keep on having like little things that I notice that I have to work on. I still have a few self-esteem issues that that get in the way of me being a better performer and, and um, kind of... Better socially with people um you're doing and a really I, good
0: job right now, by the way, I just want to tell you <laughs>
1: thanks <laughs> and then conscientiousness is is another big one for huh. me where um, that's i just did i just did some um some cambo oh recently, wow, first. you did that yeah what was that like uh, it was good, it was like uh Frog venom, know, ten, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I did it like a week ago or so. And, you know, it makes you sick. And then for like 10 minutes. And then afterwards, you feel really, really clear-headed and together. And I was able to. It, I did it right at the end of my tour um, to kind of clear my head because I wanted to quit drinking and smoking cigarettes for a while anyway. and um, And it really helped in that regard. And I felt a lot more clear headed ever since. We didn't really have um, the outline together for the documentary, and we weren't sure how it was all going to piece together. And and after after that, um, definitely we had a much clearer picture.
0: Get some toad in your system. Get that, yeah, get just, that vision. So, just,
1: yeah, and then. And that helped me quit drinking and smoking and made me clear headed and Then I sat around for two nights with my director and my producer with my of my documentary, and we just sat around on mushrooms for two nights in a row and really put the whole documentary together with all of the we had we had most of the footage shot and just didn't really have a sense of how to structure it and put it together and that's that's when that's when mushrooms are fantastic is when you have kind of all, all these ideas and you're not really sure what to do with them and, and how to piece things together and, and what the, what the path is, what the structure of it is. That's, that's when mushrooms are, are really helpful.
0: Yeah. I'm not sure who it was. Uh, I think it was, I forget exactly who, but I know there are these experiments on the early stages of uh, psychedelic research uh, at Stanford university. I think they were giving people either LSD or synthetic psilocybin and uh, to researchers who have had these complex problems, uh, and
1: then yeah.
0: they, they gave it—you know what I'm talking about?
1: Yeah, there was like 46 researchers. They'd have them come in with, uh, or you know, different. I think it was like engineers and different people in all these difficult fields um, come in, and they're like, come in with with uh, you know the problem that's been a pain in the ass for you for the last, last two or three months. And then I I believe it was psilocybin Mm -hmm. and then they gave them psilocybin and played them music and had them relax for like two or three hours. And then after that time, they allowed them to work on their problem and something like 42 out of 46 of them um, came up with uh, came up with solutions. Yeah. Which is pretty incredible.
0: Yeah, I bet those other guys were feeling like shit. Like, what the fuck, man? <laughs> all these other guys, all these other guys well, came up with solutions. Some the progress.
1: <laughs> or they just got too nervous about it, or you know, I, I don't know. I, I don't think mushrooms are are a fit for every single problem, um, and especially mushrooms. might you don't know what's going to come to the surface. Sometimes you're, you might you might come there being like, hey, I want to work on this this physics problem that has been a real challenge for me and then you eat mushrooms and start thinking about your childhood and some sort of issue with your parents that you need to resolve that isn't what you intended on resolving but um but that's what ends up being resolved so so, yeah. I mean, still, that's, those are pretty impressive numbers when it, it was something to the effect of like 42 out of 46 people or some, it was something right around those numbers. So that's, uh, that's impressive.
0: Yeah. Very impressive. You're right. And that, that is another thing. It's like, you never know what could pop up. And I think, um, what, uh, Sarah Gale and, um, a couple people over, uh, I've had her on the show before, uh, Zendo project, um, what they're doing, I think is really cool because, you know, there's tons of kids. And I used to go myself, music festivals and not so much anymore, but, um, you know, you're taking all kinds of things there and you never know what, you know, you could be like, you know, dancing to your favorite band. And then all of a sudden remember something horrible about your father. And then you're like, oh shit, you know, like I got to go get some help. And I, so I think what they're doing is really cool. Uh, cause you're totally right. You never know, it could bubble up. So you gotta be careful with that. And, um, yeah, uh, I think we need, we need, uh, some more of those kinds of uh, spaces and places where where people can get kind of help we need. I think a lot in a lot of ways that we're in this weird era right now where there's like, you know, the, I don't know, it it just seems like this is the right time for this. Do you ever get that kind of feeling like it's the right time for this kind of stuff to be talked about more and to be shared more just because you know, I had this guest uh, on my show um Daniel Pinchbeck. He's uh, author of a book called How Soon Is Now. It's a really Fantastic book talking about all the problems that we're going through. And he cut the way that he kind of looks at the world is, uh, as if we're going through this kind of, uh, almost like a shamanic initiation phase where there's a lot of turmoil that's happening. Like we're in this big collective, like bad trip, you know, like. Trump is president, like there's all these weird things that are happening. And he looks at that as like the shadow of our unconscious that has like come to the surface. And now we have to like face this thing and, and deal with it. I think it's a pretty interesting take. I mean, uh, what do you think about that?
1: Yeah, I mean, um, I I enjoy that take. I mean, I wonder if if it's, I mean, I I do think that there's a lot to that. Mm -hmm. Um, I do wonder if that's overly, an overly positive reframing of this Trump crisis where a lot of people are, um, just simply being conned and, um, are so, uh, Uh, unable to accept that and whether that's because they're embarrassed or because they're tuning into the same echo chambers and outlets or because they're scared or they just don't have the cognitive capacity or the education but you know they're they're simply um being conned by a con man who is not even good at it i mean i don't even think he's that that bright of a uh, individual, but no. he's definitely exceptionally dangerous and and yeah. and cares first and foremost about putting his name on the universe. You know, he want even wants to be wants to be king of the universe and and does not give a fuck about anyone else. And anyone that that can't see that is uh, has some real blind spots. Um, but uh, I mean that that might be a, an issue where the this this is. You know, a reflection of our own inner greed and ego and and selfishness um, rising forward, and and there's enough of that out there that people are admiring that trait and praising that trait because um, that's something that they're valuing in themselves, and that's what they want to be, and they they want to be king, and and they want they want to speak their mind and and be able to bully people around and um i mean i hope that it, i hope that that's not a reflection of i i keep on trying to give people enough credit um to hope that trump isn't a reflection on them and they're they're simply um you know being being duped mm-hmm. i have a lot of relatives that are big trump supporters and i i believe that they're just you know have never left their small town and don't really understand what's going on in the world and see it through their TV that is scaring them for ratings Yeah, and are just being conned. Um, and I think this is, um, you know, um, I, I don't, I don't think that everyone is a con man. And um, so in that regard, uh i i don't i think a lot of these people are very good natured people that are well intended that are being duped by a con man um so that that would not be a representation of kind of what's going on in our collective unconscious when we're just um being conned now if it, if it is the other way and and we're all a bunch of egomaniacs that don't give a fuck about anyone but ourselves then then like you know, Trump is a really nice representation of that. Um, so, so I don't know. It's tough to yeah. say.
0: Yeah, no, it is tough to say. But I, I like the approach that you take, and obviously, with your podcast, you're a man of science, right? Would you say that would be correct?
1: I mean, I try to be. You know, I, I consider myself a science communicator. I, I feel, I feel very uneasy even, even doing these little political rants. Um, and and i i actually never you can go through my twitter or facebook or anything i never once said anything about any republican candidate that was that was a, that was uh you know in the, in the um nominations i i just but i always i always made fun of trump and, and unfortunately didn't take it seriously enough i mean it might be a reflection that we're so um we're so addicted and caught up uh in television Mm -hmm. and reality T V and I mean that's something like a a lot of people are actually falling for and really don't don't have a clear understanding of how how fake it is and listening to I mean I have I have friends in comedy that call into local morning radio stations to do like these characters to ask to like play a hillbilly to ask like some dumb question or whatever so that people can go, man, this Caller called in and he sounds so stupid and he has this <laughs> dumb And these are all like scripts that, that, uh, that there's like a whole team of people creating for oh, these man. syndicated shows. And, and I, I, and, but people think this stuff is real. And, and so, I mean, it could be a symptom of that, that, that people are, uh, worshiping these, televisions and it's their only escape from their miserable lives is to get stuck watching this moronic, mind numbing stuff just for a little bit of an escape from their horrible jobs. And so they're voting for, uh, you know, trying to turn our country into a reality show as well, because that's the favorite part of their lives. Um, so, but, but, uh, but yeah, I, I never said anything uh, negative about any other candidate other than that con man, scam artist, reality joke of a human being scumbag, but I don't like to get political is what I'm trying to
0: say. Yeah, no, Uh, I I hear you. I understand. I think, I think it's, um, I've been trying to step away from it too. I, I used to do another show where I was uh, it was kind of all about, you know, the politics and breaking down the election. And I kind of, uh, I kind of like, didn't like what I was becoming, you know, it was weird. Yeah. Like I was on, I was like getting on Twitter and like, and like, and like arguing with people. And it was just like never ending whole. And it's like, it's a weird, like demonic energy or something like that. When you, when you get into these kinds of like arguments and like, you know, just this, this stuff that goes on, on, on the internet and, uh, yeah, it could be it could be very confusing and and very kind of um, strange, and there is something to this this theory of the of these people who are you know I was at home visiting my friends in the suburbs of uh, New York and you know we were like talking and these are some guys that I guess had never really left town and you know something came up and they were like yeah but like what about ice like they're so scared of ISIS like they were like talking about ISIS as if it was and I was like yeah I, I don't know if it's really that big of a threat. Really, to be scared of, like I think maybe there's something other things that we should be worried about. That's like more important, you know, than than something that's like kind of far like away and,
1: yeah, yeah. I mean my my grand my grandparents are are always 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 um, really concerned with. Uh, they think that you know ISIS is infiltrating their hometown. I don't know. Have you ever heard of uh, Lansing, (laughs) Iowa, by chance? Uh, Not really. Um, Well, either has ISIS. (laughs) Um, It's a town of about a thousand people, yeah, and no one gives a fuck about it. And it's deteriorating rapidly, and ISIS is not moving in there. It is nowhere on their target list, and they're just so deeply deeply concerned about it. And this is, I mean, this is a lot of this openness stuff where where there's a, a lot of uh, this kind of Im- embodied consciousness where um, you have people that are, um, if you take, say my grandparents, for example, that are toward the end of their lives and they are living in broken down home, in a broken down home, in a broken down town, in a broken down body um everything their body their house their town is dying it is crumbling around them and so the whole world seems as if it's collapsing around them life as they know it is in the rear view mirror they don't have dreams going forward they don't have like Oh, I'm gonna, I want to do this. They don't have like five year plans or, or any, anything to look forward to. They're not making any like positive changes in their life. They're simply just slowly dying. And so they're looking at life as this thing that they used to experience and grasping desperately to go back. Can't we go back? Oh, can't we make it great again? Mm -hmm. Wouldn't that be? wasn't it so great no you were just young and your house wasn't falling apart back then and your body wasn't falling apart back then and your town wasn't so shitty back then back when it still had a fresh coat of paint on it and there wasn't potholes all over the sidewalk because you live in a small ass town that's falling apart this is just what happens it's the natural evolution of some of these communities And people want to build new houses in new areas and start fresh and they don't want to build a new house surrounded by what is now a ghetto because it was built a long time ago and, Mm -hmm. and younger people are, are buying homes now. And this is just quite a, a natural thing to have happen and, and farming isn't what it used to be. And it's all industrial farming and everything else. And so so you know all they know is they turn on the tv and then the whole world is threats to them and then they turn on the news with this idea of like oh the news has these important things that we need to know about you know this is well-intentioned trying to inform themselves but the news is um you know based on ratings and the more ratings they get the better and these These kind of scare tactics and sensationalizing these anomalies are a great way to grab people's attention. And so, um, you know, rather than sitting there explaining heart disease, which is just depressing, you know, people don't want to be depressed, Uh, hear about heart disease, hear about how you have to eat better, Mm Mm-hmm. You know, it's like really inconvenient. You don't want to. You don't want to turn on the TV and and get some lecture about your dieting, and then hear about how like all oh, life ends and how how uh, what what an impossible feat it is to take uh, to uh, you know work toward curing cancer and these things that are an actual threat. What you want is like a good old fashioned scare. Um, you know, the same way. You, watch horror movies and everything else um and so that's that's what the the news is really really good at delivering every single every single one of them and you know it's just for different demographics you know fox fox scares uh fox scares a bunch of old conservatives and like the small town folk and then msnbc scares Scares the liberals with you know with like every everyone the KKK is everywhere, you know Fox is saying ISIS is everywhere. I'm a C is saying that the KKK is everywhere, and and uh, I don't know what the fuck CNN is doing, just some pop culture garbage. Last I checked, but uh, you know it's all it's all just you know yeah it's entertainment it's it's ratings it's because uh, to go and. Learn something you have to do like what I do on my podcast, which is you have to go and talk with people that actually study things and some of this stuff can be really dry and really mundane and you know people are la- uh, listening going like this person's a comedian why when are the laughs when are the laughs left? and you know I want uh, cut to the chase I want that exciting part and so it, it's just a it's just a lot more effort um, if you want to actually inform yourself and learn something and change your perspective and that can be really 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 hard to do this isn't like uh, this is me talking from my own experiences this isn't me talking like i did it and i'm here to tell you how this is this is me saying this this is an exceptionally life is exceptionally challenging it is exceptionally challenging to change your perspectives on life this is something that all of us have to work on all of the time. All of our brains are going to trick us into thinking that we have it figured out more than other people do. All of our brains are going to trick us into thinking that that um you know doing the hard task of bettering ourselves is boring and we'd rather not do it and and I mean all of us have these mental biases. All of us are going to think that other people and the out group that don't agree with us are a bunch of idiots and not worth listening to. And, um, you know, it's really, it's really kind of inescapable. Mm -hmm. So just, just trying to work on it a little bit and become more mindful and trying to encourage people to spend a little more time, you know, if, if not meditating, which a lot of people are just like closed off to the idea of meditating. Um, and I, I, try to encourage people to try to go out camping and sitting around the fire and, and talking. Um, yeah, you know, yeah. Kind but, of
0: simple things.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's kind of what we were, what we are built to be doing, mm-hmm. but then of course I don't have kids cause I was smart enough to not be weighed down by that. Sorry. All the parents out there. Um, but, uh, so I don't I have also a lot of parents like, to listen to my show. It's all, it's all good. <laughs> I, it's kind of, privileged position of i can go out camping with friends and sitting around a fire like if i had kids i might be able to find some other people with kids and go camping but now i'm having to watch what i say around because the kids are
2: you know oh, terrible the kids
1: are, are are around and then you gotta keep them entertained and and uh, they get bored easy and and you know yeah so yeah uh yeah, life, life is challenging.
0: Yeah, it is and and it's 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 challenging right from the get go without all of the kind of institution or organizational uh challenges that are thrust upon us, you know, by these kind of massive uh you know I mentioned uh, Daniel Pinchbeck before. He kind of uh, he kind of talks about them as like these big like super kind of organisms. And I think also um another author, Christopher Ryan, I don't know if you're familiar with him, but he's pretty great too. Yeah. yeah. He talks about them as like these super organisms. And I think that's a really good analogy because it's like, you have these massive like companies and corporations and just these massive power centers that of course have an agenda. So it's like already just being born, being a human is like hard to figure out. And now you have like these massive like monolithic, like, you know, places trying to like persuade you to like think more like them, like, you need this, or you need to be afraid of this, or that, or the other thing, and um, yeah, so it's a fight, it's a, it's a, I think it's a scramble, and one of the reasons why I like psychedelics so much is because I think psychedelics ha- helped me kind of decondition, or break out of that mold, and, and, and bring me to a primordial space, where I am just like a being of, of uh, I am just a being just like everybody else is, you know, we're all the same thing. And once you get, once you can set your vantage point, I think from that space, then you start to look at things in a, in a completely different way. You start all the, like the chains start to come off of what, you know, all the little things that you had put, had in boxes or things that you have been told to by your school or your, you know, government or, you know, whatever, television Come comes away, so that I think for me that was that was a big benefit, and I think there could be a big benefit gained from that, but it's it's still about kind of finding whatever that outlet is and that opportunity is so so doing your podcast and 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 talking to all the interesting people that you've talked to um and and you know kind of exploring with your psychedelics and doing your comedy and all that stuff like all this experience that you've have, all this journeying uh are you are you an optimist for humanity for, for people, for, I guess what, what, what people would call kind of maybe waking up, trying to improve their lives and improve the lives of of people around us, maybe make some better decisions and get some better people to kind of be in the, uh, the decision makers and so on. Uh, Do do you feel optimistic about that? And, um, I guess too, yeah, yeah, you do.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think that, uh, I think that things are, um opening up i think that we're able to have a lot more conversations about this kind of stuff than we used to be able to mm-hmm. on uh on a global level i think the the internet for all its many i mean people can pick and choose and get down and into these weird stupid conspiracies and decide that they don't want to vaccinate their children and uh all these other kind of ridiculous things and and buy into these like fun conspiracies because they're entertaining um and and you get to think that you know more than anyone else because you found some weird uh site with wait a second shane you're trying to tell me you don't
0: know about the lizards on the moon is you don't know about that (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah i I know about the lizards um and and i'm uh, i'm uh, i'm in their control right now that's Damn it. why i'm yeah uh, he's a show. yeah yeah exactly um but uh but other than i mean i i think that uh entertainment is maybe the way forward because it's what people retreat to always when they're at work listening to uh uh podcasts. And now it's like a big that's the thing that uh you know people used to just have to sit miserably at work and listen to you know the same thing over and over again there's like a lot of truckers that listen listen to podcasts now where before it was like maybe you'd get your talk stations or whatever which are garbage maybe you'd get your um same music over and over again which can get a little boring if you're driving all day but now there's this world of podcasting where people can listen to a history podcast and then a psychedelic podcast and a comedy podcast and a science podcast and um every, everything under the sun and you know if they're into fishing there's i'm sure i'm sure there's tons of different about fishing out there. I'm not into fishing. I haven't looked into it, but I imagine there's tons. And so if that's what you're into, you can learn more about fishing than you ever could before. And and then you might hear people on that fishing podcast talking about some new board game that they're playing, and that might get you into board games or something like that. Now you're off and, and listening to this other thing, and it's kind of like this Wikipedia wormhole where you can... Keep on. Uh, oh, I want to learn about this. Ooh, what's this thing mentioned in here? Now I can learn about that. Podcasts are sort of the same way in that regard, and and I think that I'm optimistic in that regard. I but I also just got done with a 111 city tour where I I got to actually hang out with um all of the smartest, coolest, most interesting people because those are the people coming out to my shows. Whereas um I you know, eventually I'm gonna have to start going back to comedy clubs more um to work out new acts before putting together more tours like this and um and I imagine I'm gonna have to go through the same discouraging crap of like seeing people drinking too much and and uh yeah. and being yeah. assholes. But I I would say I'm optimistic. Um I certainly I certainly believe in myself and my ability to communicate some of these ideas to people that wouldn't normally have them. And that's what keeps me going. And, um, and I think that, uh, I've, I've been able to create a a tiny little bit of change in the world and I'm a no name comedian that no one's really ever even heard of. Um, and so, so if I'm able to do that, um, and have other people that listen to my podcast go and then, um, show off their knowledge at dinner parties with something they heard on my podcast. And then that inspires someone else to go and read a book about evolutionary psychology or something. Um, I think that does, that does give me hope. Um, so, so yeah, um, I mean, it's, it's tough. Who knows? It's, it's going to be, it's going to be hard for, People to be like hey we need to be we need to be more open-minded when some people are just very very close-minded about life and that's just their natural state and they view it as a virtue Um, it's gonna be hard to open those people up to seeing other people's point of view and um, and they're definitely going to uh, fight against any kind of progress but um, you know the world keeps on changing, whether people want it to or not. So unfortunately, those people are just kind of going to get left behind.
0: Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're. I think you're on point with that. And uh, yeah, you definitely turned me on to uh, Robert Sapolsky. I had no idea who he was before, and then you started talking about him, and and so I I picked up one of his books, "Why Zebras Have Stripes," and started. Why reading
1: zebras it. don't have ulcers?
0: Oh, why? Why zebras don't have ulcers? Right. Sorry. Uh, yeah. Yeah, why why zebras don't have ulcers. I don't know where I get that stripes from. Yeah. Or something else maybe. But uh yeah, very yeah, fascinating guy, interesting guy, and and um and yeah, I think that is the way forward. I loved I love doing podcasts and it it was weird. It was like when I was on stage, I felt like I couldn't really talk about the stuff that I really wanted to talk about. And also it was like I started to develop all these interests, so I'm like, where do I do I wanna waste my time like kind of just hanging out and kinda of thinking of like dick jokes or whatever. And, or do I want to spend my time kind of like researching and, and doing this kind of new thing? This It's like what, like, what am I doing? I'm a podcaster. Like, it's kind of weird that it's just like a new thing. So I, I, I hope I'm able to do a good job of making these shows interesting, exciting, having cool guests on like you and, you know, adding some humor in when I can, and then just making it interesting and, and gripping and entertaining. And hopefully, like you said, just spreading that out there. I think that's the way that you get things to change because when we get that spread out there cool people start doing cool stuff and then cool. And you see, you know, laws changing and rules changing because people are changing and society's changing. So, so, so congratulations to you, man, because you're, you're doing, you're doing your part. You're definitely knocking it out of the park with your show and with your tour and everything that you're doing. Just, just the fact that you exist in the world and you keep doing the things that you're doing is, uh, inspiring to me and to everyone that, you know, listens to my show and, and, and everywhere else. So, um, yeah. Thank you for, for being on today and, and, um, and spending time with us here and yeah, to shout out to all the truck drivers out there, the audio is, is good now. So you guys can hear it over the loud truck noise. <laughs> yeah, just, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. So last question then is, is kind of, um, uh, like where, where do you, well, two, I guess a two part question. One is what's a what's a common theme that you've uh that you've seen or that you've learned like from interviewing all the people that you've had on your podcast what seems to be a common kind of thing that maybe you didn't really understand or that you understood now or just a theme that that is very exciting or compelling to you and then I guess after that you could just kind of give your uh well I'll ask you the next question after that yeah um
1: just it's funny how, um, just how how nuanced life is, I guess, is just everybody. It, what I like about science is how, how willing scientists are to say, I don't know. Um, I think that's really, really refreshing, and it's a really useful tool. Um, you can take something like nature versus nurture, and that's something that basically any scientist these days is like well it's a combination of both we don't really say that anymore um it's just more more nuanced than that there are things that have a little more of a genetic component but there's still you there there's still these environmental factors and and vice versa and, and um so yeah i i think just just realizing like, i'll I'll talk with someone and i'll I'll think for sure that I have it, you know, kind of figured out. And this one little aspect of science, like, well, I've heard this 10 times before and I've read it in books. And so I know when I say this, that this is correct. And then I'll have a scientist correct me on, on what I said. Well, actually there's some new research that says this. And so it's, um, it's, it's, there's an endless amount of stuff to learn seemingly and I think that is incredibly exciting. And I think that's what that's what um gives me hope and excites me that uh that will never be done learning. And um Yeah.
0: Awesome. Yeah, and you and everyone listening, you can learn all along. Go check out Shane's podcast. Here we are. There's you know, learn learn along with Shane. Learn along with the guests there. There's fantastic guests on there. I was just looking at a couple of them. You had this meditations and mushrooms, behavior and biology, something about lucid dreaming and music, and there's all kinds of amazing eclectic topics of of all sorts. So what's the what's the most kind of mind what's the most mind blowing like revelation or discovery that you've had in the past six months? Hmm. Oh boy. Um Yeah, save the big one for the end. <laughs> in the last
1: six months ah, Um Well, there's definitely been a thing career wise where I just started saying no to um The industry quite a bit. I I started um, mostly as a comedian. You're like trying really hard to get attention, and then like maybe trying to land a meeting with someone who's who's gonna give you the keys to Hollywood, and you're working on your pitch, and then you get notes back, and then you go, oh well, okay, they don't like that. Well, I'll change it and I'll make it this way. And and six months ago, I kind of. or maybe a little longer than that but 6 months ago is when it really started paying off i was just kind of like fuck it i'm done i'm not taking notes from anybody i mean i'll i'll i'm happy to take some suggestions and everything and i'm happy to hear people's opinions but i'm i'm not going to cater to what other people want anymore. And I'm just going to do my own thing and I'm going to make it happen by myself. If I need to Now with crowdfunding and everything else it's it's possible to do that. Fortunately, I haven't even had to do that yet, but, but I've basically been telling the industry like, no, I'm not really even interested in meeting with you or, or going in and being like, here's what I want to make. Do you, if you want to make this, um, with me and be a part of it, you can, but this is what I'm making, and that like you don't get to say this or that. And ever since I started doing that, it's kind of like dating, where once you stop, um, once you stop acting interested, all of a sudden they become very interested in you. Um, and so it really, it really drove you know the stupid thing that your mom will tell you about like, be true to yourself or whatever, um, really ended up, uh, uh, hitting home that much more with me now. Um, and there again, that's, that's, it takes a long time to figure out who you are and what exactly you want to have that confidence to do it. But, um, but definitely I feel like kind of, taking your own path and, and not making a lot of compromises and saying, okay, this is exactly what I want to do. And I know this is what I want to do. And I'm going to make it happen with or without anybody else, um, can be a really empowering thing.
0: Hell yeah. Follow your gut, follow your instincts, follow your passions, go go with that for sure i mean yeah i've totally noticed that there's so many friends of mine who are comedians who are just doing uh, uh, just outside of comedy as well just you know people are just they're creating their own things they're not waiting for for kind of like you know the stagnant industry that doesn't really know how to put out good stuff anyway so yeah it's it's pretty cool to hear that well shane moss thank you so much for being on the podcast tell the people where they can go find you and follow you and uh everything else
1: it's Shane Moss, M A U S S dot com and also the Here We Are Alright. Excellent.
0: Awesome. You know what to do if you love this show. Share it, like it, spread it with your friends. Tell a friend, tell a family member, tell a neighbor, tell a coworker. And uh, if you want to support the show, you can go to patreon.com slash Brank. You can donate as little as a dollar a month. Or you could go on iTunes and leave me a nice five star rating and review. Whatever you do, thank you for listening. Much love to you all. Peace.
2: They don't want to give me shows, they don't want to see me. That's all right, I'm working on this magic on my motherfucking genie. Uh huh, uh huh. Floating on this rug, roasting this bud, everything kung fu. I'm a magi, come through when I'm that high. Always got a couple fungi. What I'm talking about? I got a whole tub full of mushrooms. I think i am a, I'm a charming, shaman. You ain't 18 gram why White scared what you doin'? White man, what you blend with yourself, Stop man, what you Live Dive in, go hard, put your heart beatin'? Think you gon' drift too far? Need to surrender, ba 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 I'ma high as shit, fly under clouds. Mind equip, I go round for round, bar for bar, need all them. All of y'all like Spartan Like who the hell to let the God in? in I got cappy vines in my garden Cold all on my pathway Spit it like it's venom Let the mind spray Libations, I'ma pour them out For my goon-goon one time Libations, I'ma pour them out For my goon-goon two times Libations, I'ma pour them out For my goon-goon three times do not trip The ancestors got you Don't trip Stay true, they gon' follow through Don't trip I am them in a the dark room Don't trip They taught me in the mushroom Don't trip The ancestors got you Don't trip Stay true, they gon' follow through Don't trip I at them in a the dark room Don't trip They taught me in the mushroom
1: uh-huh.
2: I'm a motherfucking guru Cook it top shaman noodle Put a curse on you, I do voodoo.
1: Naga don't come from my family. Rub out my whole child gon' ride.